All right. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, 26, and 27. John, take off out through there and call you youngin'. You ain't gonna rub me. I ain't. I can't be rubbed. I've been disrupted all my life. My disruption started when I got to go to the first grade. The second time. <clears throat> That's the truth. Ephesians five, twenty-five. Husbands, are you listening? Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Lord Jesus, thank you for the connection, for the display of husbands loving their wives, comparing it to you loving the church. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for Jesus who gave his all for us. Thank you for the blessed Holy Spirit that comes to guard and to guide us. Bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this portion of God's word. And I love it because it compares a husband's love for his wife as, as Jesus' his love is compared for the church. Uh, many people talk about the church a lot of times in a negative way. And, uh, you know, I, I try to just, in a, in a nice, polite way, say, you know, you, you don't need to be talking about the church because Jesus died for that, that institution. He died for that family. And uh, whatever your gripe or whatever your beef is about the church, you need to get over it and you get it settled because Jesus died. I mean, that's... That's a horrible thing to think about when you think about the way that he had to die to pay for your uh, and my sins. So I ask the question, husbands, do you love your wife? Or are you just trying to keep things together? On the other hand, husbands, do you love the church? Or are you just trying to look good? You know, that's a question we need to answer. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time, and you cannot fool or trick God into believing something that is uh, not true. A husband, uh, husband and wife relationship without Jesus is polluted. On the other hand, a church without a relationship with God the Father is also polluted, and I'll go a step farther and say it's nothing other than a cult. We need to be careful. Our young'uns are splattered and scattered in every direction. Some are going to other, quote, churches. Is it real, genuine, Bible teaching, Bible preaching church, or is it just a, another meeting where they gather and have a good time? We need to investigate. We need to understand and know. Well, um, I just want to share with you Jesus' love um, for the church. How much does he love the church? Well, as we think, first of all, his love for the church. Uh, it's an eternal love. In Jeremiah, I want you to listen to this verse. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. Yea, I have loved you 
with an everlasting, universal love. In other words, there's nothing any better, there's nothing any greater than that love. He says, therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee to myself. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men, all kinds of people to myself. It's not up to me to do the drawing, okay? It's up to me to teach and to preach and to live before God Almighty to the point that people say, I want some of that. I heard that there was a mother skunk and several of her babies crossing the mountain next to a paper mill and and they just couldn't wait to get over on the other side. The mother knew what was happening and one of the babies said, hey, what is that smell? I said, that's a paper mill over there. He, she, they said, we need to get some of that. You know, well, it depends on what you want. You know, we need to get some of that. We need to get some of the Holy Spirit of God in us that would cause us to serve and to worship the Lord without compromise and be committed to God if, if we're the only ones that are doing the commitment. But he loved the church. It's an active love. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 4, it says, Who gave himself for us. He didn't do it to be a hero. He did it for us. He didn't have to do it. He begged his father out of the way, but he knew that he'd come to do his father's will. And it should be no different with us. We should, as we come, we come to do the Father's will. You see, a real and sincere love is where we, uh, we look at the scripture of where God told Hosea, I want you to go take Gomer as your wife. Yes, she's a whore, but I want you to go take her. And he did. And of course, she escaped, got captured. He went down to the auction block and bought her back, paid money for her. She still went sour. And God was simply saying, this is how much I love you. And he loves us. Even if we're on a bad track, he loves us. And he's hoping before the end comes that we'll pull in for a pit stop and pick up the power of Jesus before we get back on the track of society, on the track of life, because we're all uh, in a race. You see, an un it's an undivided love. Uh, John 3.16 says, For God, first of all, so loved that he gave Jesus. It is an undivided love. God loved and Jesus loved and Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. And you could go a step further and thank goodness for the Holy Spirit of God. What if we didn't have the Holy Spirit? Jesus went back home, but what if he had not sent the Holy Spirit to come and to live in us? We'd be wild youngins hoping that we're on the right track without a guide, you see. It's a lasting love. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Well, let's look at the second thing, the evidences of this love. What, what, what is the evidence that's brought forth? You see, Jesus, he established uh, the per perfection in the church. He couldn't have done anything less. Be therefore perfect as I am perfect, he said. Be therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. He couldn't afford to say, well, it's okay to sin, we'll get over it. Uh -uh. He said, be therefore perfect. Live as a perfect life as you can. And he knew we were going to not be able to do it, but he couldn't have said anything less. So when we sin, we have an advocate, that is Jesus Christ, sitting on the right-hand side of the Father, who's there to answer for us when we call out, God, I'm sorry. 
Now, if you were here Wednesday night, you heard this story. If you didn't work here Wednesday night, you didn't hear this story. So you choir members didn't hear this story unless you are in the Good News Club and you might have heard the story. On Monday, uh, after the invitation time, no one came forward and I was about to sit down and Stacy Carnes brought a little boy, Elijah, up and said, Kenny, Elijah wants to talk to you. He and I went out in the hall, found a private place, and I says, Elijah, son, what do you need to talk to Preacher Kenny about? He just sort of hung his little head and he said, me and some of my friends was throwing musky dimes and we threw them at a car. And I said, well, what happened? said, the car stopped. said, it backed up. And said, the people in the car said, y'all don't need to be doing that. And I said, what did you say, Elijah? He said, I told him I'm sorry. I said, son, that was the best thing you could do. The best thing you could do. And I talked to him about how... The devil caused him to do that. And the devil will continue to cause you to do things wrong. But that's where we have Jesus. And I, I shared with him First John 1, 9. We talked about it. That day the lesson was on creation. And I showed him the blue sky and the white clouds and the tree with the leaves on it. And how the leaves will soon be gone. But next spring they'll be back. And, and we prayed. And, you know, I, I'm thankful. He, he needed to talk to somebody. He knew he had done wrong. He had apologized to the people. And then he confessed it to God and asked God to forgive him. It was a precious uh, little thing. It came out of Good News Club. But it's amazing. You know, there's evidence of God's love. The Holy Spirit pricking little Elijah's heart to know you've done wrong, son, and you need to get it fixed. And I told him, I said, son, it's going to happen again. But just be ready to to apologize and, and tell God you're sorry. I said, you did the exact right thing. The evidences of the love that Jesus has for the church is he brings the church into a state of union with himself. Joined together. The Bible uses the word fitly. I love that word. Fitly joined together. You take a, a sure enough master carpenter who fits molding together, you won't even see a hair crack. Fitly joined together. That's what he wants his church to be. Fitly joined together. Every one of you and us as members, we have something to offer. Hello, you agree? We have something to offer in ourselves. We all have different abilities. And if nothing but, hey, offering a drink of cool water in the name of Jesus. We all have something to give and, and, you know, that's what we expected to do. That's what God expects us to do, is give what we can. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about of ourselves, our, our abilities, our talents. And so he brings the church into a union together, making things happen. Um, Jesus thoroughly justified the church with his own blood. His righteousness becomes our righteousness when we put our faith and trust in him. I can't keep myself right. So I'm kept by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. He carries it to church. Um, he covers the church with the blessed Holy Spirit of God. It's, it's like a, a blanket. We're covered. Not so we can sin on purpose, but our sins are covered. In fact, when Jesus died, the Bible said he died once and died for all. He died for my past, my present, and my future sins. I've heard people say, oh, they, they committed suicide. They in hell. How do you know? Were they saved? Yes, they were a child of God. 
Well, listen, when Jesus died, he already had paid for that sin. He had already paid for it. Okay? Listen to this. He performs a work through his word. Now, through his word, that is uh, the written word, and through him as a person, where, where the gospel of John says, in the beginning was the word, that is Jesus. Hey, he's always been. He and, he and his Father has always been, and the Holy Spirit have always been, because in the beginning they said, let us make man. Well, who was God talking to? I believe he was talking to his Son. I believe he was talking to the Holy Spirit. Let us make man, because it was going to incorporate all of them. We're created in the image of God, right? Jesus died for us. That's his input. And the Holy Spirit comes in to live within us. It's a cooperation that God himself uh, put together. And the whole program is about God. It's about God. Well, let me give you a last thing right quick. We talk about um, Jesus' love uh, for the church. What about the effects of this wonderful love? In verse 27, I love the word glorious church. I mean glorious church. A church that won't stop. A church that'll keep going. I didn't get that fly. It landed in there since this morning. I pushed him out of the way. That'd been protein though, wouldn't it? I'm just joking. It was not a fly. A glorious church. Because of the nurture and the worth of it. Listen to, Ma listen to Malachi 3.17. And they shall be mine. That's what God says. They, his, the, the church, the Christian, even in Malachi, they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. They shall be mine. These are mine. What about the estimation? What did God, how did God estimate all this which he calls the church, which he holds in his hand. In Deuteronomy 32, 9, answer says, For the Lord's portion is his people. The Lord's portion is his people. Uh, you know, we go to the table. Sometimes we take out large portions. Sometimes we take out medium portions. Sometimes we take out small portions. But he says... That the Lord's portion is his people. He takes all who will come. All that the Father hath given me, I haven't lost a one. All that ever came before my Father has not been turned away. Now, when we think of the church and her connection, John 17, 22 says, The glory that my Father gave me, I have given unto them. The glory, the excitement the ongoing spirit of God that continues through his church. In a moment, we're going to leave this place and we're going into all manner of directions and the Holy Spirit is going to go wherever we are going. Will the places where we go recognize and know that we are part of God's family? You know, it's a portion. We're his jewels. We're those called out ones who are here to serve the Lord. And as we do that, we, we exemplify and we show Jesus' love for the church. Well, when you think about that, verse 27, I, I've done made mention of, but again, uh, not having spot or wrinkle. Because Jesus' church is free 
We're free of spot. We're free of wrinkles. And even the slightest mark of a blemish when he presents us to God the Father. I mean, like a bride being presented. I mean, you can picture the scene, the, the daddy walking the daughter down the aisle and, and presenting and giving. When you say, who gives this bride to be married? You know, he does. He does. Presents her to him. And you see, we're free as a Christian. We are free indeed. Free from, listen, from the power of sin. I didn't say free from sin, but the power of it. Now, free from the power of it, that is, it don't possess us. It don't mean we don't sin, but it don't possess us. The, the power of sin, it has no rule over us if we're concentrating and we're sold out uh, to Jesus. It says we're free indeed. Um, through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. When we, when we look at that verse 27, it says, that he might present it. You know, I, Jesus, to me, he is looking forward to present his bride, the church, to his Father. So he says that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing. Anything that would hinder us from being all God wants. It goes back like this morning, the spots. We don't want a wrinkle. We don't want a spot. You know, sometimes uh, I, it gets by Lynn, not, on, not her fault, but mine. I, I may hang the shirt back up, and then next time I pull it out and put it on, she say, I need to re-iron that thing. Well, you, you ironed it. You did right. You did a good job, but this is my second go-round on you know, it's not her fault, it's mine. He says, we, there won't be any wrinkles in any such thing. Notice that. Or any such thing that would hinder us from being all God wants us to be. But that it should be holy and without blemish. Holy is, is a powerful word. We sing, uh, I think it, when it used to be the first hymn in the hymn, the holy, holy, holy. God Almighty. And he wants us to be that holy church. He wants us to be that bride as we represent the Lord Jesus Christ that others might want to be a part. I think of the, the ten virgins that, and five had oil and five didn't. They tried to borrow some. They said, oh, can't give it to you. We've got to keep our lamps burning because the bridegroom's coming. Now they went to get oil. While they went, he came. They were left out. So he gives us an opportunity and chance now to receive the all of the Holy Spirit of God that we might be ready when he makes his appearance. Because listen, when he makes his appearance, stops in the clouds and the church is snatched out, from that point on, hey, I don't know that there's any hope. There is hope now. There's hope in Jesus. And so he loved the church so much, he made the plans. He laid the groundwork. He has done everything that he intended to do. And now it's up to us. If we're lost, to be saved. If we are saved, to live a saved life and do all we can to get others the word about the return of Jesus. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your church. You said upon this rock you'd build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. In other words, you, you'd be there for us. So Lord, help us to live a life that will be pleasing to you. 
that others might see Jesus in us. In Jesus' name, amen.